You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 54. Today, I'm speaking with the ever-so-talented Sarah of Slate & Brush. This story reminds me that it's essential to make a daily effort to learn and grow every single day, especially if you're considering trading your career for a passion project. If you're thinking about making a change in your career path, this episode is for you. And don't forget to listen until the very end to hear Sarah's special offer. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad to be here. So could you tell us a little bit about your passion for watercolor and how you found yourself with the Netsy shop? Yeah, absolutely. So growing up, I've always had super supportive parents and family who they've always known that I've been really artistic and everything. So they've always purchased all these different paints and different mediums. I've done pottery classes, jewelry making, pretty much everything to make me feel creative. And like some of my earliest memories are of me wearing my dad's old dress shirts as a smock and just spending so many hours downstairs just painting and drawing and doing everything. So going into high school, I was also super fortunate to have like the best art teacher ever who really focused on finding your strengths in whatever medium it was, just trying to explore that and do everything like that. So I started going into fashion design and I spent my senior year really focusing on that and creating really cool pieces out of found materials and even fabric and taking sewing lessons. And so I went to college for fashion design and my favorite classes were always the illustration classes because I felt like that's where I could really shine. Once I graduated, I started my corporate job where I was a costume designer. So I did that for stores all across the U.S. And even though I was still drawing, it was all digital and it really wasn't the same. Also, because I'm doing something where it wasn't as creative. So I was like, well, I want to get to it, but I don't really have a lot of time. So I didn't really focus on drawing or doing anything on my own. So for my, my one friend was getting married and I'm like, I want to make something for her. So I bought some pens and old some watercolors and I just made a painting and I posted on Instagram and I got like so many good responses on my Insta story. So I painted something else. So I did two paintings that night and I'm like, huh, I really enjoy this and I forgot how much I like it. So I started painting a little bit more and doing a couple that week and my friends were like, I'd pay for that. Wow. Like, okay, like, that's awesome. Like, I never, never thought of it. And it's funny, because when I bought those supplies, I'm like, I hope I actually use these again. (laughs) I bought bought many supplies. then, But I started with an Instagram because social media is so easy, and it's free. So it's like, why not? If it's a bust, then it's a bust. So I started Instagram. And I had people ask, like, can you make this custom thing for me? Like, okay. So I would paint, I would take it to drive to Staples, get it scanned, drive back to my house, edit it, drive back to Staples, get it printed, which is like not the way to do it. It was wasting a lot of time, but I had no idea where this was going to kind of take me. So it kind of progressed and I started doing wedding invitations. I bought a printer, a scanner, and kind of created my own studio. And here I am. I actually went full-time this past month. Wow. That's amazing. I love that it was your art teacher that kind of made you explore different avenues. What would you say, like for example, now, like as an adult, without an art teacher that helps you explore different mediums, what would you say to somebody? In other words, how do they find the thing that they like to do? I think a lot of it is just kind of testing it out. I'm a big, big person in wanting to learn more and different techniques because there's just like so many different ways you can do stuff. So for me, I enjoy classes and that's how I figure out if I like something or not. 
So I use Skillshare. Uh, I pay a yearly, it's like $99 and it's unlimited classes. So for me, that's how I learn best and if I like something or not. Because sometimes when you're just by yourself and trying to create something, you're like, oh, I get, you get frustrated. It doesn't come out the way that you want. But for me, if I'm taking a class, I can really be like, no, I don't like doing this or, oh, I really like this. Let me try it again. Right. I love Skillshare. I've gone on plenty of times. I always say that I've never met a craft that I don't like, except for as as much as I try, I'm just not a sewer. You know, to me, it feels like such a daunting task to do all the different things and iron and Mm -hmm. the seams and whatever. So I I agree with you that the more you try things, the better the odds are that you're going to find your one thing. Yeah. And a lot of times, like for me, I'm a perfectionist. And I think a lot of people who are creative can be and are really tough on yourself. So for me, a lot of times I have a lot of resistance to trying new things because I don't want to look bad. Yes, It's like, well, I'm really comfortable doing this. And like, for one example, for me, my business, my friends really wanted me to paint. So I was doing these like dog silhouettes where it was just basic outline and just and fill it in with watercolor. And my friends were like, can you paint more realistically like a dog's face? And I was like, no, it's not going to look good. It's not going to look good. And finally, after so many people asking, I finally did it. And now I sell like three a week. Wow. You know, those things where you're so resistant to it. I'm like, fine. Like if everyone keeps asking me, I'm just going to try it once. And I'm like, I post on Instagram and I got a couple orders that day. Wow. Oh, that's so nice. Everyone likes their pets. So I think that helps that uh, people people will do anything for their dogs, which I am the same way. So I completely understand. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, so your process used to be to create and go back and forth to scan and print and everything. What's your process look like now? So now I've, for me, like I like to invest in materials that I know will last versus like replacing things. So I took a big leap and did a lot of research on different scanners and printers because I'm like, if I'm going to use this every day, I don't want to have to have it break down. Because you know, it always breaks down when you eat the most and mm-hmm. things do or something like that. So I got a scanner first, which saved a lot of time from driving back and forth to Staples. And then I got a printer and this bad boy is like my machine, my workhorse because I print all of my greeting cards and my bigger prints at home in my studio. And then other things like notepads and stickers, I outsource and wedding invitations just because it's just easier for those and cheaper if I get over a hundred of things. So now I paint everything here. I'll scan it. I have a, I have my MacBook and then I have a tablet that I plug in, a drawing tablet. So I'm able to edit everything in Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever I'm using for it. And then I'll either print here or I'll outsource it to a, a local printer. So I love your monogram watercolor prints that you offer. Are those custom made or are they, in other words, if I liked the letter but wanted mine in a different color, is that something that you have to make again or can you just alter it digitally? The beauty of Photoshop is that I just alter in, in Photoshop. So I've done different things too where it's I did a, a lipstick card. So I had lipstick in different, multiple different colors. So I just paint it once and then I'll Photoshop it to be the different colors. I said, it makes it much easier to do it that way versus having to, to paint different times. Yeah. Well, I love that your talent or that your the avenue that you've chosen offers both digital and tangible art, because I feel like maybe you were saying before that it was a little bit, maybe not as fun if everything's always digital and you're not seeing a visual product come out of it. I'm really lucky that my corporate job, I learned an insane amount. Like Because in my college, we only had one semester and it was Photoshop and Illustrator combined. So you, I mean, you learned like the basics, but not enough to actually really do a lot with it. And I sat next to our graphic design team and they've taught me like 
endless things and I'm so grateful for them. And I love learning from other people because they kind of tell you the down and dirty exactly what you need. So they, ex- they just told me exactly how to fix things and add things and edit. So I'm able to do a lot of like retouching for say my brides don't like the way their hair looks. I can retouch that. I can do all kinds of stuff that a lot of people may not be able to. I think it is important to have digital and physical products. And it definitely makes it a lot easier when it's crazy shipping times to have not all physical products because that was nuts. Trying to deal oh, with for sure. products where they're supposed to be, but I think it's good to have a mix. And so as you were saying before with the notepads that you offer, how did you manage that process in finding somebody to print for you? So I belong to this really awesome, they, they have a podcast and they have a Facebook group and everything. And it's called the BizBash Podcast. And they have, a, it's called their A to Z directory. And I pay a yearly fee. It's like $147. And it literally has, and it's a Facebook group as well. So you can ask questions and it has everything, literally A to Z. If you need stuff printed on flags to paper products, notepad, like literally anything you can think of, I now have a vendor for it. So I highly recommend to anyone who does products, like it's like the best thing for my business. Plus they have some coupons in there if you're trying them for the first time. So I actually found them when I typed an N for notepads. I found the company that I use and it's amazing. People should definitely check them out. Do you ever find that there is an issue with the turnaround time? Because I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like everyone's gotten so spoiled with getting their packages within two days. And I don't know how how much it affects your sales when you have maybe a shipment that has to go to the printer. What is the turnaround time for something like that? So right now it's a little bit slower just because of the holidays. I'm hoping things kind of pick back up. I'm lucky that I print my greeting cards and prints here. And so that helps a lot to have, I can print a one-off or print 20, whatever the number is. So that helps a lot. But for like my notepads, I kind of have to, I order them. If it's my first time doing a design, I'll order 25 just to see how they sell. After that, I'll order them. Like that is put a place in order for one for 80 of them. So I have to, I just kind of watch the inventory and see when I'm getting a little bit lower, when I'm down to like five or eight, something like that. I'll place another order. It takes about a week and a half by the time I upload it, it prints and it ships. Um, I'm hoping it gets down to closer to a week. So I kind of just watch my inventory and see whenever I'm getting lower, kind of plan ahead and place the order then. Okay. So this isn't a drop shipper. Basically, you, you're you still placing the order and you're still the one shipping it. Yeah. So for certain products, other things like mugs, I just don't want to have to deal with the shipping for that. So I drop ship my mugs and I just make the lead time longer on like Etsy. But for like stickers, pretty much everything except for clothing and mugs, I ship myself. Oh, I love the idea that you're not dealing with the mugs because that has to be horrible to ship. (laughs) It's expensive for the shipping. So even just for me to get them to my house, I have to pay so much that I wouldn't be making much of a profit. So for me, it's just so much easier just to have a drop ship. And I use another company I found to that directory. They include my logo on a sticker on the packaging. They package it for the colors that I use for my own brand. You can add a gift message. So honestly, and they like wrap it up so it's super pretty. It's better than what I would do for a mug. So I'm like, this is faster, better, cheaper, and less work on my end. So recommend doing that as well. That's great. And the other thing I was wondering about is letting go of the control of printing it yourself. I'm sure, you know, a part of me would worry about it not being printed to my standards. Did you have to go through several printers or are they all pretty reputable? Are you looking for a subscription that the whole family can enjoy? One that will make the dull moments a little brighter? 
Right now, Skillshare is offering two weeks of Skillshare Premium for free. Here's the reason why I love this platform so much. There are classes in just about every field imaginable. You can take a course on cooking, iPhone photography, mastering Adobe, learning a new skill like drawing, or learning how to play the ukulele. I have my course available on there too. Guess what it's on? Making fake cakes. I teach you how to make these fake delicacies that earned me well over $10,000. I've also just released the first of a series on fingerprint drawing. This is a fun class that anyone can try. I have a million more reasons to share with you, but for now, I'll leave you with this. You get two weeks for free to give it a try. Be sure to visit the show notes to take advantage of this offer with my special link. Now back to the show. So I've definitely had some things come in that it's not to my standards, but because I work with a lot of smaller companies, they've been really kind of willing to talk with me about it. So I've had things reprinted a few times just because they weren't exactly what I would want to have for my clients. I also like to order extra just in case that there's a stack on something like that. So different things I have to kind of step back and be like, am I being overcritical? Because I'm like, we'll look at every little detail or the average person not even notice. Because a lot of times like creative people are like, well, someone's going to like hate that because it's like the slightest off color, but like a good test, like bring it to your friends or family or boyfriend, whoever. And if they don't notice it, the average person won't. Right. Well, a lot of times I think you know what the, what the original looks like, you know, so you, you kind of feel like, well, the original looks this way and it doesn't quite match, but it's new to somebody who's just seeing it for the first time. So they don't know what the original looked like. So yeah, I I do find, I think that we are a little picky. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And you're completely right with how you know what the original looks like. And most people haven't seen the original painting or drawing or whatever, and they would have no idea. That that's not exactly how it's supposed to be. Well, so how about your costume design? Have, are you pursuing anything still along those lines? So I was originally freelancing for them still. For school, I did all my sewing and stuff for the corporate job. It's all made in China. So it's more designing stuff, but I'm kind of trying to get away from it just because it really wasn't what made me happy. And I think 2020 has had lots of time to reflect on what I want and what I don't want. And even though they try to make it kind of creative, it's still a corporate company. And I just don't like that environment. It's just not for me. So right. I'm trying to stay a little away from all that stuff, but I'll still appreciate because I stuff is still in the stores for next year. I do like that still. So how did you decide which passion you want to create a small business out of? If there's a small business owner or somebody who has they're multi-talented, you know, and they also feel like, I think that's the problem a lot of shop owners run into is that they feel like they, they're really good at watercolor. And then they're also really good at making jewelry and making clay pottery. So their store kind of looks like a mishmash of a whole bunch of things. How did you decide, or where did you learn the idea that you wanted to focus on just one? I think definitely it's hard. I'm not going to lie because there's so many things that I also want to do. And I think in the beginning, when you're first starting out, it's good to do a bunch of different things and see what you're really passionate about and then kind of slowly take things away. But it is really hard because like for me, I'm like, oh, I want to do all these different products, but I want to, I take a step back and be like, does this make sense if I do a whole collection around it? Because you you don't want to like go to someone's shop and be like, oh, you sell pillows and you paint and do this and that. It just doesn't make sense. But another option too is you can create a second shop. So if you have say your pottery, but you also really like making pillows, 
you could have two different Etsy stores. I think that makes way more sense than putting it all in one store. I think it, for simplicity sake, it, it probably feels easier to just upload everything to the same shop. But I agree. I feel like it's confusing and it almost makes it seem like you're really not an expert of either. So it's way better to open two stores. Yeah. Like for me, I'm deciding on I'm going to do, because I don't sell digital downloads on my, my Etsy right now or my okay. store. I want to, I'm starting to create a second store of just digital downloads where I do my watercolors and say it's like florals and someone can buy that and use it on wedding invitations if they're selling to a client or someone making their own wedding invitations, signs for weddings that you can just print yourself. So I'm starting to do stuff like that, but I don't want to combine that with my current store. So I'm going to create a second one for that. But it's still, you can still tell that I made it. So that's kind of my goal is that you can, it's just a different product and different idea behind the product, but you can still still look at it and be like, okay, Sarah made that. Have you looked at Creative Market for selling the digital? Yep. So I'm going to yeah. put them on mobile. Because for Creative Market, you can, it's not exclusive. Like if you do stuff for Minted or stuff like that, that is exclusive to Minted. But mm-hmm. Creative Market, I can put in multiple spots. So that's my goal for 2021 is to really focus on that and do more of passive income. Just because with doing custom stuff, you can only work on a few projects at a time, at least with more passive income. You can be working on other stuff and still get paid. And even though you, you charge less, you still make a good profit because it's you're not packaging, you're not adding. Like for me, like I'm all about packaging. So I have the tissue paper wrap and everything and stickers and extra things I'll add in there. And even the mailer itself, like that stuff adds up and takes it really eats away at your profit. So yes, for sure. I did realize a while ago at first I'm like, oh, how much can it really be? It's just a sticker. It's just a box. It's just an envelope. And so now I have it all broken down. So I know specifically what I'm spending on each little thing. And I think those are the things that as a small business owner, a creative small business owner, you you enjoy the creating part so much that you forget to look at the numbers when it comes to things like packaging. Yeah. So you're right to say that you have to take a look at that. Otherwise, you may not be charging enough or mm-hmm. you know, you think it's not a big deal to put something on sale, but actually you're, you're losing money if you're not charging enough for all of the things like packaging. Yep. And I think yeah. Etsy too is that like I also compare myself to other stores and stuff and I look at their pricing and I'm like, man, like how do they get their pricing so low? Mm-hmm. I think like they may not be making that much money on their stuff or really at all. So I think looking at just your costing in general and your pricing, you really have to take a step back and like you said, break it down because little things like adding a sticker, that's 25 cents. And yes. if you're selling a greeting card, like 25 cents out of a $5 thing is a pretty big percentage. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else that you'd want to add that I didn't get to ask? I just think really taking the time, even if you work as a side hustle, which is what I did for two and a half years, it's just to really find something that lights you up. And it doesn't have to be your full-time job. It can stay a side hustle and that's completely fine and that makes you happy or that's exactly what you need to do. So I think really stepping back and be like, I really enjoy this because having a creative outlet is huge, especially when things get really crazy and the world right now is definitely not how I thought 2020 would go. I think going into 2021, we have to really realize that you have to take time for yourself and self art is self-care. It is absolutely. I kept feeling like I was waiting for 2020 to actually happen. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, all right, like any day now, it's going to actually feel like the way I envisioned it. And you're right. I think the little things that keep you from going mad are those small things that bring you joy. 
And it's a lot of times it's art. Yeah, it's crazy how just like painting. I mean, for me, that's what I like to do, but it could be making clay earrings, whatever it is. Like my, I feel like my heart rate goes down and it's kind of, I have a podcast on or music and like, that's just my time just to chill and to just relax. Things just get so crazy and you don't realize how, especially with like jam packed schedules pre COVID, obviously you just like run around and you realize that the week is over and that's exactly. to like slow down and just kind of feel like everything's okay. Cause like right. that time I don't have my email going off. I don't have all these crazy things going on. It's like even 15 minutes, that's the time that you need. And for me, like I'm all about self care and doing what makes you feel good and exercise and eating right, all that stuff really adds up. Right. Helps calm down. Yeah. I feel like that's the first thing to go though, too, when you're starting a small business is you focus so much on getting everything online or making products or just running the small business that self care usually goes out the window. That usually leads to burning out because you're not giving yourself that time that you need to replenish. Yeah. I think also like the whole everyone's all about hustle, hustle, hustle. Yes. Awesome. And I'm about that too. But sometimes, like, especially during this, this holiday, break after the giant Christmas rush, I was like, I just need a day where I, I don't look at my laptop. Right. Like my eyes are burning from like staring <laughs> at my screen. So I just needed like a day where I like ate Christmas cookies and I watched like really awful movies about with Christmas movies. <laughs> and I just needed to like kind of just be for a day. And I felt so much better and I got so much more done the next day than right. if I expected myself then more because like again the holiday season for makers I mean, to people in general, but especially if you have a, a product-based business, is insane. So you really have to take the time, especially because January is so slow. Um, yeah. Take it between Christmas and New Year's and just like kind of reset and get ready to start all over again. Right, for sure. Well, I think the important thing too is what you were saying about having your special talent or something that you enjoy doing, your passion, your hobby or whatever as a side hustle. I, I always say it's so much easier to launch a business if you already have something secure that you're not worried about, like the income, and then you can actually enjoy your side hustle. And if it grows into something, now you're not putting all of your pressure mm-hmm. on your talent or your passion to provide everything. If you already have your income coming from your main job and now you can actually enjoy that side hustle, the hobby that you do. And it, it just relieves so much pressure from it having to be your everything. Yeah. And you can also try new things. Like for me, I've definitely had stuff fail. And like you can spend a lot of money if it's products and I would have been much more upset. I mean, I was still obviously sad that things didn't work, but it would have affected me a lot more if that was my full-time thing. And I spent a couple hundred bucks on say new notepad designs and they flopped. Right. I would say it just definitely takes the pressure off and you're able to do more things and buy nicer supplies because it's not, you're not counting, counting every dollar for how much you spend on that. It's more of a, if you if you can buy it, you can. And if you can't, you can't. I'm all about starting small and having it grow. And again, it may not become a full-time thing and that's totally fine. But it, it makes you, you have to realize what you want. And if you want to make it full-time, then you can eventually, but it definitely takes the pressure off because there's some things that I spent a lot of money on and I was like, man, that was a waste. But I learned a lot. So as long as you learn from it, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, did you ever see this being your full-time job? I always wanted to be my own boss. I wasn't sure what the job was going to be or what product I'd be making or anything like that. I originally just started it as a wedding gift and I was like, and eh, no one will really buy any of this stuff. And I think you have to kind of let it happen. Like I never knew that I would do wedding invitations or selling wholesale. So I think you have to listen to your customers too, because they're the ones who kind of push me to do different things that I never would have thought of. So I think keeping an open mind is huge because you never know where things could lead. With my jewelry business, somebody had asked, can you make a headband? And I thought, well, no, I don't make headbands. <laughs> and then I had a lot of requests for, can you make a headband, but without a veil? And I thought, well, 
wait, why am I saying I can't? I mean, just because I don't doesn't mean I can't. So I went ahead and designed one and the lady bought it. And I thought, well, why don't I just go ahead and put it in the shop? And yeah, so now it's just a staple. And I feel like had I not just attempted it, like you said, I mean, maybe it's not something that you do or maybe it's out of your comfort zone. But I do think the nice thing is having a small business kind of pushes you to expand a little bit because your customers are asking for these things. So that's really neat. You got to listen. I think also too, with having social media, it's so great that you can ask your audience what they want. So you can put a little poll up or I was between last week, I was designing a notepad and I was, I couldn't decide between two sayings. So I had people vote on and I chose the one people voted on more. So I think polling your audience is huge because they're the ones who are buying your stuff. Because like for me, some of these cards and prints, I'm like, ah, this is not great. It's not going to sell. Those are some of my best sellers. (laughs) You never know what people are going to want. And as long as people are buying it, that makes me happy. So that's for sure. Favorite art artwork or not, I'm totally fine. Yeah. And the beauty of like a, a store like Etsy or even your own personal shop is if it's not selling, you can just remove it from your listings. It's not a big deal. And what I always like to say too, is if you have something that you enjoy doing that maybe doesn't fit with the rest of your line or the, the rest of your products is I love having just like a gallery page or a lookbook just so people can see other things that you're capable of, but it's not really going to muddy the waters by having it in your shop. And if you really don't like it, if you don't post it, no one will ever know. Right, exactly. <laughs> So if you don't post it on Instagram or if you make if you paint something or create something that you don't want to do again, as long as you don't post it, people won't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's so funny. Where can we find you? So I have my Instagram is Slate and Brush Facebook, Slate and Brush Design Studio. My website I just launched and we were talking about earlier, and that's slateandbrush.com. And my Etsy, and that's Slate and Brush Designs. So pretty much if you just type in Slate and Brush, something will come up. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah. I really enjoyed learning more about you and your business. Yes, yeah, it's awesome. I really appreciate it. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another amazingly talented artist sharing her passion with the world. Following your passion is not a class or an elective in college. You have to forge your own path and discover the bumps through experience. We are ever evolving and I strongly urge you to consider what it would look like if you at the very minimum took just 30 minutes a day to discover something that you enjoy doing. Once you've found that passion, could you share it with the world, even at a small level? I know that sharing that newfound talent is going to be the hardest part, but I promise it gets a wee bit easier after a few times. Sarah is offering 10% off of your next purchase at both her website and Etsy. Visit handmadeceo.com to connect with Sarah and to get the link to her offer. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 